answer the bell. Now let's go. That was fantastic. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate that. Oh, man. Welcome into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint with the Lee Company Studio. And, folks, today begins year number four. It is our third birthday, third anniversary show, and we are so glad to have you guys with us. You have been the reason we are able to continue doing what we do and we certainly appreciate all the the support that you've given us over the the last several years and we hope that you will continue to come back each and every day for the most timely and comprehensive sports news discussion in all of middle tennessee i'm chris yow he's maurice Patton, and welcome and it's not my birthday it's it's not your birthday but it it is i mean it's the show's birthday it's chris's birthday it's not my birthday (laughs) I, I don't celebrate them anymore, so I'm, I've kind of got enough of them under my belt. Hey, so listen, now. we're good. I don't need no more birthdays. But, uh, but yeah, we, we are excited. Got a great show as we get a chance to talk to Independence football coach Scott Stidham. He's going to join us on Coach's Corner here in just a moment. Terry McCormick, of course, at the top of the hour with the Titans update. And we have Justin Adams coming to you all the way from – Denver, Colorado, and CBS Sports, and, and he's going to talk a little bit about the Buffs. We'll talk about Travis Hunter and all of the things that go along with that. But, of course, the Pac-12 as well, who are certainly uh, reaping the rewards of a fantastic season thus far. So The Pac-12 is nothing if not fascinating they, right now. Ain't, ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt. So looking forward to a great show. Hope you guys will stick around with us. We've got a lot to get to including a little anniversary since we're talking to Justin Adams on this day, 25 years ago, Mo Deion Sanders returned a punt for a touchdown, caught a 55 yard pass as a wide receiver and had a pick six in a Monday night football game against the giants in 1998. Was that pick six against Danny Cannell? I think it was. I think that was the, the, the pick six that ended Canal's career, basically. <laughs> we can thank him for that, if nothing else. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like if Canal may have had a better career in the NFL, he wouldn't be talking so much crap on the Internet today. But here About we are. Every uh, <laughs> Here we are. I mean, so this I, dude is, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah. he's bitter, for sure. Uh, about something, for whatever reason. Don't ask me. I don't know. But here we are. (laughs) Anyway, we've got a lot to get to. Let's get into it. We've got 
yesterday's results and today's schedule, and let's give it to you on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Thursday rundown is brought to you by Mockingbird Title and Escrow, an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee that will get your deals closed without worry and fuss. A family business that offers the highest level of expertise in the industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. Consider them part of your team. Call 615-274-8698 or visit MockingbirdTitleTN.com. Don't forget that TN. TN. Very important. MockingbirdTitleTN.com. Just like when you're emailing us, don't forget the TN. If you want us to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, volleyball action yesterday. One game in just about everything, well, in everything except Major League Baseball. Volleyball, Siegel defeated Wilson Central 3-0. Girls soccer, Creekwood doubled up Waverly 2-1. WNBA, the Connecticut Sun win the series 2-1 over the Minnesota Lynx with a 90-75 win. In an MLS play, it was the Nashville Soccer Club 3, Kansas City. Net, nil, nothing. And in Major League Baseball, the Phillies edged the Braves in 10 innings 6-5. It was the Twins, 5 Reds, 3 Orioles, 2-1 winners over the – I'm sorry, Astros, 2-1 winners over the Orioles. Mets, 8-3 over the Marlins. Pirates, 13-7 winners against Chicago Cubs. The Brewers down the Cardinals, 8-2. And in minor league play, the Sounds with a 6-4 win over the Jumbo Shrimp of Jacksonville. Um, today's volleyball action at – 4.30 today, Hunters Lane is at Lawson. Also, Ezel Harding is at Nashville Christian, and Zion Christian hosts Lancaster Christian. At 5 o'clock today, Gallatin is at Green Hill. Hillsborough travels to John Overton. Lebanon hosts Warren County. Columbia Academy hosts a good pasture, I'm sorry, that USN Columbia Academy matches at 5.30. So is Friendship Christian at Good Pasture. Middle Tennessee Christian at Providence Christian at 6. Montgomery Central goes to Cheatham County. Collinwood hosts Mount Pleasant. Cullioca is at Fayetteville. Marshall County goes to Giles County. Harpeth hosts Fairview. Lawrence County hosts Shelbyville. Hampshire goes to Lewis County. Oakland is at Riverdale at 6.30. Coffee County visits Columbia Central. Cookville hosts Stewart's Creek. Spring Hill is at Franklin County. Smyrna hosting Laverne, and Blackman is at Siegel. Girls soccer action this afternoon at 4.30. John Overton welcomes Fowler Collegiate at 5 o'clock. Donaldson Christian is at Ezell Harding. Davidson Christian is at Friendship Christian Hunters. Lane welcomes Glencliff, and Middle Tennessee Christian will be at Providence Christian. Also at 5 is STEM Academy at home against Independence Academy. Franklin Road Academy goes to University School of Nashville. At 5.30, St. Cecilia is at Innsworth. Lead Academy welcomes Martin Luther King. Loretto plays host to Cullioca, and Creekwood is at Clarksville Northwest at 6 o'clock. Also at 6, Lawrence County at Columbia Academy. Lawson hosting Fairview. Kirkwood at home against Sycamore. Hume Fogg going to Livingston Academy, and Clarksville Academy is at Montgomery Central. Smyrna welcomes Webb School. Portland goes to Station Camp. Watertown plays host to White County, and yeah. This Clarksville Northwest White House Heritage probably ain't happening since I've said that both of those are playing somebody else today. I don't know. <laughs> These are all 630 starts. Dixon County is at Clarksville Northeast. Christ Presbyterian hosts Harpeth Hall. Harpeth is at Greenbrier. Springfield goes to Macon County. Rockvale hosts Siegel. Warren County is at Spring Hill. Again, those were all at 630. At 7, Independence is at Centennial. 
Columbia Central is at Coffee County, Franklin hosting Summit, Tullahoma goes to Giles County, Beach is at Green Hill, Lebanon hosts Laverne, Rossview travels to Liberty Creek, Antioch is at Merrill Hyde, Wilson Central goes to Mount Juliet, Nolansville hosts Brentwood, Blackman travels to Oakland, Ravenwood is at Page, Father Ryan is at Pope Prep, Riverdale is at Stewart's Creek, Hopkinsville, Kentucky is at West Creek, and Gallatin is at White House. Major League Baseball action as we speak, Mo, we have, uh, let's see here, who's playing right now? Right now, Brewers and Cardinals Brewers and Cardinals, and the Brewers a 6 nothing leader in the bottom of the seventh, but the Cardinals do have two on with two out. Oh, no, no, they don't. Just kidding. At the end of the seventh, it's Brewers six, Cardinals nothing. <laughs> My, how quickly things can change. Yeah. <laughs> the Braves are at the Nationals tonight at 6 o'clock, or, well, 6.05. Uh, at 6.40, the Pirates will be at Chicago Cubs. Minor league action, it is the Nashville Sounds hosting reigning National League Cy Young winner Sandy Alcantara as he makes a rehab start for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp at First Horizon Park. So make sure to get out there for that one if you have an opportunity because he'll be worth the price of admission. I promise you. College football action tonight, 6.30 on ESPN. Georgia is at Coastal Carolina. You can check out the teal turf there for the Chanticleers. Arkansas Pine Bluff will be in Huntsville tonight at Alabama A&M for a 6.30 kick on ESPNU. Heck, if you leave now, you probably have time to tailgate before the game starts. And National Football League action. The Giants are at San Francisco at 7.15 on Amazon Prime, and they are hoping that history does not repeat itself tonight. They don't need no nobody taking kicks, punts, and pick sixes. Back for touchdowns tonight. So they're hoping that that. But but it, but it is Daniel Jones. It so is Daniel Jones. It, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. <laughs> but that is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by Piggly Wiggly over in Neely's Mill Shopping Center. Always delicious. You can get meat and vegetables, meat and two, or meat and three, or vegetable plates, or lunch. You can get lunch for lunch. very inexpensive. It's it's worth it. Trust for the me. low, low. The low, low price. And, of course, fresh hand-cut meats on a daily basis, fresh produce each and every day. And, of course, it's just cost plus 10% at the register. So go see those folks at Neely's Mills, Piggly Wiggly, or the Hoggly Woggly. It's your the choice. The big pig. The, yeah, exactly. Top story today, Mo. The, there are reports that Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith has made comments about recruits. Okay, hold on, Perhaps. hold on. Let me let me stop you. Okay. What's the difference in a comment and a statement? If there is a difference, I think Gene Smith has made a statement. Okay, and then very He's well, done I, so in I, written form. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So uh, basically, said that recruits are asking for dollar figures just to visit a potential uh, college campus and. Boy, you want to talk about slippery slopes. I think we've hit the slope. And they are slipping and sliding <laughs> all the way down it. From the Columbus Dispatch, 
um, posted yesterday afternoon. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith has claimed in a written testimony, and that's a written testimony to a House Committee gotcha. on Small Business. Okay. That it has, quote, become common for potential prospective college athletes to ask for $5,000 merely to visit a school's campus. Smith's assertion comes on the same day he and others from across the world of college athletics appeared before the House Committee on Small Business in Washington to discuss the impact of NIL rules on college sports. Smith is among those who believe federal legislation is needed. Quote, a practice of asking a school for a fee to simply visit campus has emerged. Asking for $5,000 just to visit has become common. During visits, discussions now emerge regarding how much a student athlete can expect from NIL, Smith wrote in his testimony. All right, so my assumption is that you're testifying before Congress, you're under oath. And so you got to expect that this is first-hand knowledge because otherwise it'd be really tough to say that to Congress under the penalty of perjury. Here's my thing. If I'm the NCAA, I want to sit down with Gene Smith and say, Gene, you said a practice of asking a school for a fee to simply visit campus has emerged asking for $5,000 just to visit has become common. What was your response? Sorry. Did, did you indeed pay recruits $5,000 just to visit? Because that's a violation. Here is, if I'm the NCAA, and please, please understand that in almost all cases, when it is involving the NCAA, its member institutions, and the players, I am almost always on the side of the players. In this instance, I am not on the side of the players. Because? Because they ought not get money just to come to your school. Okay, so, for well, okay, okay, here's the thing, though. I don't get everything I ask for in life. Do you? No. So... But if they, it's being asked for, just because it's being asked for doesn't mean you have to give it to them. And again, right. that's my question to Gene Smith. Did you give it to him or not? And then my follow-up question after he vehemently denies it is, please tell me which athletes these are. Because at that point... Did they wind up at your school? Did they wind up at the school? Two... Where else did they visit? Where else did they visit? And if... If there is proof that they were ever given money, they're ineligible. Done. That's the only way to stop it. It's the only way to nip it in the bud. You don't have to have Congress to do this. And this is a very simple thing. Tell me who it was. Prove that it happened. And you know what? Even if you did pay them, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna slap your wrist. But if you tell us you paid them, they're done. Again, just because they're asking for it doesn't mean they have to get it. And But know. they shouldn't be asking for it. That's my problem. No, they should not be asking. It's blatant, it's blatant disregard for the rules. Hey, I mean, 
Closed close mouth don't get fed. I understand that, but th this is this is not about getting fed. This is about extortion. This is extorting colleges. Okay, and again, you don't have to pay it. I understand that, but I'm not. I'm not going to say it's okay for the player to ask. It's it's absolutely not okay. Players, don't be asking. This is ridiculous. Players, if you can get it, get it. No, this is that. That's <laughs> absurd. That's absurd. Why would you be? Why, why are we sitting here telling kids to, to break the rules? The kids aren't breaking the yes, rules they are. by asking. Yes, they are. They are breaking the rules because they know if they accept it, is a, they have broken the rules. They know if it's given to them, rules have been broken. Okay. Which is... Which is a gigantic case of splitting hairs. Is it, it is, but is I mean, the schools know what the rules are, just like the players Absolutely. are supposed to. Absolutely, I'm not saying the schools are, are the problem. Are a problem? Are not a problem here? I'm not saying that the schools paying it. Somebody's paid it, or they wouldn't be asking. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. The only way to nip this in the bud is to say, if we find out you got paid, you are done. Okay, but. And in, in concert with, if we find out you got paid, you are done, has to be, if we find out you paid, then there are repercussions for you as well. Okay, but what if I'm working with the NCAA? What if, what, what if Danny White says, all right, NCAA, first person that asks me for $5,000, i am giving it to him. Then what? The NCAA comes out and says, in a sting <laughs> operation. Yeah, our, our, the UT was raided, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, look, I, I fully expect Gene, Gene Smith, clearly not in favor of this, can't imagine that there are many institutions out there willing to just give $5,000 to every five-star that comes around. That's a lot of money eventually. Especially if you don't get them. Especially if you don't get them. So the next thing you know, these institutions are going to be like, we're out a lot of money we're for not, players we didn't get. And if you need our help, we're here to help because this has got to stop. And, and, and here's the thing. Again, I'm not on the side. I, I think both sides would be wrong to do it. I don't think the players ought to be asking. I certainly don't think the schools ought to be obliging. I, it's fine. If but you there are it. but there are going to be some schools that will oblige for the simple fact that, like you said, these are five star recruits. Absolutely. If we don't give it to them, somebody else will. And, 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 and that's and, the thought process. And you don't. Somebody's going to give it to them. Somebody's going to get this kid. And you don't Might think SMU, us. who is going to the a ACC and needs power five players, you don't think that they're passing out as much as they can give out? So, Absolutely. That wouldn't be a first time. Exactly. Well, I mean, 100%. So, yeah, especially in the world of college realignment, and you got folks trying to get a leg up in the new conference, I, I certainly think that it's possible. What I'm saying is that I think you got to be careful. I think, I think both sides, one for players, because is it worth not being able to play college football over five grand? 
when if you're a five star, you know it's going to be your NIL money ten, is going to be that, far far greater than that. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind them asking what kind of NIL can I expect here because but that's the thing now that's the next thing because my understanding at the advent of NIL was supposed to be that that was something that you earned with your collegiate experience well, and, performance. So and, I don't understand how NIL is being discussed before you get on campus, before your eligibility clock starts running. Let me tell you the answer and then it'll make sense. I think, I think, what they should how they should answer it versus how they answer it is completely different things how they should answer it is well players who who start starters have a tendency to make a figure range among here guys who you know maybe aren't starting our collective is paying such and such money for player autographs and for player appearances and if you know, maybe if you're not a starter, you can expect to make this much. And if you're, you know, if you're a walk on or, or, or you're not playing a whole lot, you might expect to make this range from nothing to $500. And that's how you should answer the question mm -hmm. is I can't tell you how much you're going to make, but here, here is what the players who are doing certain things are making through NIL. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, that's a good way to go about it. Now, obviously, they're not answering it that way. They're 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 saying, well, we're going we're going to make sure you get you know 100 grand in t-shirt money right off the top. We're going to put your name on a t-shirt and pretend like we sold 200,000 of them, and you're going to get 50 cents on each t-shirt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and whatever, but but that's how that's that's really how it goes. It's just really interesting because yes, you're right. It should be based on your name, image, and likeness that you have that you have developed in your college career. Now that we have NIL at the high school level, however, you've already built your brand. So you can go to that collective and say, I know my worth. I know I can sell 100,000 t-shirts. You're gonna give me a dollar off every t-shirt and I'm gonna need it up front. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I just think that there's a lot that goes into it though. And I think that this is, this is not where it needs to be, though. You, you no, know, we this not is not something that the federal government needs to be involved in. Zero reason. There, there's, there, there's no way that this situation gets better with the federal government's involvement in it. <laughs> there's no question there. You, you'll never... <laughs> You'll never get an argument from me out of, out of that statement, I promise you. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got Independence football coach Scott Stidham joining us here on Coach's Corner. And we'll hand out a little hardware, so stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. It's back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. <laughs> oh man, what a, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, our three-year anniversary edition and we're glad to have you guys with us. Looking forward to this next segment. As I'm Chris Yao, he's Mo Patton, and we are getting ready to bring in one of our favorite area coaches on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe in Chapel Hill. If you've not had a chance to go see Renee Hart and the fine folks at From the Heart, make sure to go and do just that. She'll keep you fed, she'll keep you happy. If you're headed out to Henry Horton State Park, she's just right there on the right just before you get to the park, so don't forget it. We welcome in now Independence football coach Scott Stidham as they have a massive, massive game coming up this week in region play against the Ravenwood Raptors and Coach Will Hester coming off of a big win up at Shackle Island against the Beach Bucks. Coach, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the win last week. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having us. It was, it's a big win when you can uh, beat a great program like Beach, for sure. 
Chris, uh, you mentioned that Scott Stidham is one of our favorites. I'm, I'm going to go a step further and say he's certainly this year one of the hardest working coaches in high school football. Um, Beach was the first game in four that was not at least one <laughs> overtime for the Eagles. Um, winning two of those, a triple overtime matchup against Page back in week two and double OT at Franklin prior to the 28 to seven win at beach coach. Were you, I mean, you were up 28 to nothing in the fourth. Were you, were you wary on more than one level of a four touchdown beach comeback at, at any point or. <laughs> well, we were, uh, it was 14, nothing at halftime and we had to kick off to them. So we were very wary at that point of, of them getting the ball and driving down the score. For sure, but we got a big stop, and then uh, they stopped us. But after we punted, our, our punter, Andrew Bingham, who's been great for us all year, flipped the field. They were pinned in deep, and they turned it over at midfield and uh, allowed us to go up 21 nothing, and that seemed to kind of take some of the wind out of their sails. And once we got up uh, 28, it was 28. They scored with uh, two minutes left. At that point, I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were gonna get home at a decent hour, I guess. Hey, um, you, you mentioned I'm, I'm not sure we might have got we might have gotten home earlier than we did on on uh, the double overtime at Franklin and some of the triple overtimes at home. So uh, yeah, we we didn't. It wasn't that late for our kids. <laughs> there you go. Um, you mentioned Andrew Bingham, your punter. You special teams has always been kind of a point of pride for independence and you they they over this last eight ten years I guess they've had some punters and some kickers and you've got you know one of each with Andrew Bingham and with um Landrick Majeski who was huge for you in that page game in particular um what how much of a comfort is it when you've got guys like that who can flip the field who can put points on the board for you when the offense stalls, you know, on the plus side of the field, that kind of thing. Sure. It's huge. And you're right. The tradition of specialists at, at independence goes for a long time, long before I was here. We're just fortunate to, to still have two great ones right now in our program. And uh, Andrew Bingham, again, he's been great uh, averaging over 40 yards a punt for the through five games. That, that's special in, in high school. And, and then Landrick Majeski's been been outstanding kicking field goals and extra points. Well, you know, he made the field goal to, to win it against Page in triple overtime. Well, last year he had a, an opportunity to win the game at Brentwood uh, as, as the time went off the clock and he barely missed it. So we ended up losing in overtime. So I was really happy for him and uh, for him to have success because he, he's just a junior. And uh, it was a lot we put on him last year, but we sure are glad to have him with us now. Coach, Mo and I talk a, a lot about, you know, the fact that in 6A ball, you don't see it very often, guys playing Ironman football. But you've got a couple of guys who play both ways, and that's, that's very, very typical, actually, for independence, as we've noted on, on a couple of occasions. So what what is it about – you know, about your kids that you know, kind of selfless in playing, you know, playing both ways, both offense and defense and, and you know, trying to play that whole 48 minutes. Yeah, we, we have several. We, we try to 
as many as we can uh, just have one-way players. But uh, to add depth to it, uh, we have to practice uh, both ways with most of our kids. And then we got a talent like a steel katina, and a Luke McNeely begs me every time to go in as a free safety, even though he's our quarterback. So the kids just love playing football here, and uh, they enjoy the process that it takes to prepare. And so they do that. They work hard all summer to get themselves in condition. And and they're all such great kids and so really coachable. And, our, and then our, we have an outstanding coaching staff that does a great job with it. Second year independence football coach Scott Stidham joining us here on Coach's Corner presented by From the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill. Coach, um, Looking at the first half of your schedule, you guys came through at three and two, um, but you open up at the three-time defending class 6A state champion. You continue by hosting the two-time class 5A run, uh, def, um, reigning, I guess. I don't know if you're defending anything if, if you're runner-up, but um, back-to-back state finals for Paige. Um, Beach was in the state championship game in 6A last year. Do you feel like this first half of your schedule has kind of accomplished what you had hoped for when you put it together? I think so. Uh, You know, when you start with with Oakland, it was a great measuring stick to see where we were. And I looked, uh, I think it was in last week's rankings that, uh, four of our first five opponents were ranked in their class in the top ten. So, you know, it was a battle for us. Uh, we do have some kids banged up uh, that haven't been able to play in all five. That's the one risk in football when you play a really difficult schedule. But I, I love it. Our kids love competing. You know, it's not fun scheduling games just to schedule games. So we want to challenge ourselves. These kids like to compete and uh, show up every Friday night and see where we are against the best. And, and that's who we've played, and, and it's not changing any of this Friday with Ravenwood by any means. What have you seen from week one to, you know, week six tomorrow night out of your ball club, Coach? Now, we've improved quite a bit. We've become uh, our offensive lines probably one of the most improved with uh, being more physical um, because when you start against having to block Oakland, I mean, again, you're, you're blocking the best. And then uh, it continues from there. Every, every week, it's, it's been a challenge for us. But offensive line's really improved. Luke McNeely uh, has improved as a as a quarterback. You know, it's, he, he played for us a lot as a safety last year and also receiver. And uh, we moved him to quarterback, and, and he continues to grow and get better. So just offensively as a whole, and a lot of it's doing some – our offense has evolved and changed with Coach Parker – uh, and the staff this year. So, uh, but we feel good about it as we continue to improve. And our whole program is about getting a little bit better every day. And we need to continue to do that as we go through the rest of this year. Coach, you know, we mentioned the overtime games. And as you, as you really start getting into district play here with, uh, you know, four of your final five games are our district opponents. How much of, uh, how important is it, you know, going into this district with this very difficult Ravenwood, Brentwood Summit, Overton left, that your kids understand playing 48 minutes? You don't, at, at, no, at, no, at no point 
do do you you know ha have your kids you know kind of been able to coast in, in a game so it really kind of feels like you know it, it's important to to know that 48 minutes and playing all 48 minutes is important uh, absolutely uh you know, we have a sign that we touch going to that locker room that says every player, every play. Everybody has a role to do every play, and that they need to do that. And then, so we don't talk about playing four quarters or 48 minutes. It's a good thing because we've played more than that in three or five games. So, Thank goodness, yeah. Um, whenever, that's right. Whenever we line up and it's time to go, we need to be ready. And so, but I do think being in close games has helped us a lot because, uh, you know, you got to have kids make a play. Uh, at the end of games and at the end of close games. And uh, Centennial made one more than us, and, and we were fortunate to make one more than Paige and Franklin. And both of those games we could have easily lost. And uh, and we probably, you know, a lot of us, so we're very, we understand that we're fortunate to be three and two. But our kids have battled and given themselves a chance. And, and when you got to make a play, uh, they've gone out there and really executed it well. Yeah, Coach. From a coaching standpoint, when you're sitting there on the sideline and, you know, the page game goes to overtime and then you're in the late moments of Centennial and it's either looking like it's going that way or it does go that way. And then you get into the Franklin game. I mean, three weeks in a row. What is the reaction of a coach? I mean, at some point, it's kind of got to be a are you kidding me type thing? Well, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's some of that, but also we were fortunate to be in those overtimes too. It was better than the alternative of, of losing in regulation. So one thing about we we had the ball against Franklin, so that was the third one in a row with a little over two minutes to go. And if we got a first down, we were going to go into two minutes, and we just never we got a nut. We got a first down late, and just didn't feel comfortable. So we were kind of almost played for overtime, and they were too. And I felt really good when the offensive line came off smiling. And it's like, so what? You know, we've been here before. And our, but again, these kids just love playing the game of football. So getting a little more on each Friday night, they were excited. Now, that being said, last Friday was a lot more fun, or at least a lot more relaxing when the clock hit zero. That's for sure. Yeah, when the clock hit zero and you knew you didn't have to go any farther. Huh? <laughs> you got to go home. We're, we're done. Hey, we're done. Right. We're done. <laughs> See, guys, this That's is what right. happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I'm not sure they knew how to react. So they weren't. <laughs> what, do you what do you mean? What do you mean? We're finished. What? what huh? Yeah. <laughs> Coach, uh, again, Ravenwood comes to your place tomorrow night. Both you guys come in at one and zero in Region Six Six A. What have you seen as you look at them on film, and what do you like about your team in this matchup? Well, Coach Hester, I got so much respect for him and his program, and we all do. And uh, they're they're big on the offensive line. They've got a uh, you know great nose guard that's really big, biggest one we've seen. And uh, and then they they've got some fast dudes, a great running back uh, who gave us trouble last year. And uh, they just got speed everywhere, so they can run it, they can throw it, they cause you a lot of problems. And uh, and they're Ravenwood. I mean, that's all. It speaks for itself as soon as you say that. So our kids know what we are going into it. And but they also know the region game. It's at home. We'll have a great atmosphere as always here at the stadium. And uh, you know our kids are excited about playing them. Uh, and we're going to have to uh, limit their big plays the best we can 
with all the speed they have out there. And then offensively, we've got to be able to move the ball and avoid some negative plays. I think they're they're outstanding defensively. I mean, you take uh, Alcoa is a, a different animal that they played first week. So you take that out. Uh, they played really, really good defensively, and uh, it's going to be a challenge for us, but our kids are excited. We're excited for this one as well. I feel like it's probably one of the biggest games of the week, especially when it, you know, you don't like to think that your second region game of the year is is this important, but when you only have five of them, they're all vital, and this one could certainly play a a, a role in the in determining the region champion. So, looking forward to it, Coach. We appreciate you taking some time with us, and good luck on Friday. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, Coach. Scott Stidham here on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe out in Chapel Hill. Again, Renee Hart, the fine folks there. Mo? Chris? Independence has struggled against the Raptors. 3-14 and 14 overall. Man, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you waited till after yeah. Scott was off, do, and hopefully he's not still listening. Do you know... <laughs> The last coach to beat uh, to beat Ravenwood. The last coach to beat Ravenwood. Now they've only had four. That's correct. So I got a one in four shot. You do, and you know it's not. <laughs> you know it's not Scott Stidham because he didn't beat him last year. Exactly. So, so you I really got, got a one in three, three shot. shot. Ah. As long as Blade was there, I, I want to say Kevin Dyson, but I feel like as long as Scott Blade was there, that he did beat him at some point. He did not. But they, they, but they didn't play every year because Ravenwood's always been six, and Indy was in five for a pretty good while. So is it Dyson? It is Dyson. Okay. They did, the only two years they did not play were in 15 and 16. <laughs> the two, the two years, years. The two years that Independence won a state championship. Exactly. Had they played those years, who knows? Right. Um, now, now Ravenwood was in the state championship in one of 16. those two years. Yeah, yeah. So they Who might knows? not have won that one. Yeah. But thirty-one to seven in two thousand eleven. And that's the last time. Was the last time Dyson actually beat them two years in a row. But they've never beaten Will Hester. So. So Hester. Hester is undefeated again. So Hester was not there. It was. The, it was yeah. Wrightveld. Reedville, Joe Reedville, and yeah. Thomas Schumann were the two coaches. Yeah. Hmm. So, hmm. certainly, that's, that's pretty good knowledge right there, CEO. Look, hey, birthday boy. Sometimes you gotta go, you gotta go digging to find some cool stuff, and and yeah. that that was that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's hand out some hardware. What do you say, Justin? Have you got the the slides to pull up here? Oh, there we go. How about the Custom Stone Handlers End to Win Life Team of the Week? Again, outside of the military, the greatest leader building platform in sports is or is sports. Custom Stone Handlers encourages young people to get in the game. Contact them, 931-490-4990 or customstonehandlers.com for all your rock needs. This week, the End to Win Life Team of the Week. The Lady Warriors volleyball team of Kalioka went 3-0 and last week with wins over Mount Pleasant, 
Forrest and Moore County each buy three nothing results. So congratulations to Justice Pilkington and the Lady Warrior Netters at Kalioka, our CSH Team of the Week. And Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Don't forget the Ortho Quick Clinic. They help you bypass the ER Athlete of the Week. Stop us if you've heard this one before. Monte Baldwin of Columbia Academy. 26 carries, 307 yards, touchdowns of 82, 54, and 50 yards. And, oh, yeah, four tackles and a sack in the Bulldogs. 42-30 win at Donaldson Christian to open Division 2A middle region play last Friday night. Yeah, that'll put you over the top, the, the, those, those tackles and that sack. That'll help that Athlete of the Week resume for sure. Certainly does not hurt. Speaking yeah. of two-way players, now yeah. Columbia Academy much smaller in enrollment than Independence, the yeah. sixth largest school in the state. But <laughs> they, they, the Columbia Academy has a few more guys probably going both ways than Independence. But yeah, um, big game for Monte, and this is his second Athlete of the Week honor. So again, congratulations to him. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got. Little baseball chatter. So stick around. Main Street Sports Center, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, is back after this. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. September 21st, 2003. Greg Maddox worked five shutout innings before the bullpen tandem of Ray King, Darren Holmes, Roberto Hernandez, and Kent Merker completed an 8 nothing blanking of visiting Florida. Maddox improved to 15 and 11 with the victory, becoming the first major league pitcher to post 15 wins in 16 consecutive seasons after previously being tied with Cy Young. It was a 288th career victory for Maddox, who allowed one hit in the outing. That was his day in Braves history. Greg Maddox only going five innings. This. Yeah. Of course, I, it was 2003. I that, yeah, I thought that was a little wild as well, but yeah. Especially to have only given up one hit in the outing. Ray King, Darren Holmes, and Roberto Hernandez. Who? Well, <laughs> no, I know. no, no, Ray King sticks out to me because I spent a year at Lambeth before I transferred to MPSU, oh. and Ray King is from Lambeth. Well, there you go. Yeah, but <laughs> that's but all you got. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Darren Holmes pitched for the Rockies at one time. I remember I Darren think. Holmes, yeah, um, the name. But I, I think Roberto Hernandez is a former Marlin himself, and I don't remember Kent Merker closing, but maybe he wasn't closing in the ninth inning of an eight nothing win. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he was the he was the starter in, in the, that combined no hitter. Combined no hitter, but yeah, that's. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, Roberto Hernandez was a was a was a White Sox forever. Uh, then he was a Giant, played for Tampa, Kansas City, played it for Atlanta for that one year before okay. going to Philly, New York for the Mets. <gasps> Pittsburgh, back to New York, Cleveland, and the Dodgers. Oh, so he no pitched until was, he was huh. 42. Must have been left-handed. Uh, no. Really? I mean, based on this picture, he appears to be right-handed. Oh. Yeah, throws right-handed. There so, you go. Okay. How about that? He, career ERA of 3 4 five. That's not terrible. Oh, that'll allow you to pitch till you're 42. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he 26. Career to, ERA of 3 four, five. That means sometimes it was lower. <laughs> Yeah, his his first his first year of that seven eight zero didn't help uh, oh. as a twenty six year old, but they kept him around. And the next year he was one six five. That's that's yeah. improvement. After the turn of the century, things started getting a little. As after he turned thirty six, predictably the ERA went predictably. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny how that works. So, so there you go. But yeah, it's uh, if he had stopped when he was thirty nine. The ERA would have been, been real low. low. <laughs> he did not. Should have stopped while you were ahead, Roberto. But, yeah, for a guy Leave who Roberto pitched, alone, three, four, five. Dude, 12, what, 12 years in the bigs, and we didn't know who he was. <laughs> How bad is that? Well, Robert, R Roberto Hernandez, a great <laughs> yeah, option uh, for 
for your baseball. I, I'm going to pull a Shaq O'Neal. I apologize, Roberto Hernandez. <laughs> I wasn't familiar. With I wasn't your familiar game. with your game. Yeah. yeah. Twelve years. Of course. I mean, heck, who knew? Braves on to Washington. Oh, oh before we get into before we get into Major League Baseball, I told you Sandy O'Contra's pitching tonight for Jacksonville. Guess who he's pitching against? Julio Tehran. Aaron Ashby. Ashby's on a rehab as well. Ashby's right? on rehab too. This should be good. Get to first horizon if you can. It will be worth it. at least the first two innings. That, <laughs> All right. Because they're both on pitch counts. Yeah, they're both on pitch counts. Yeah, if, if you much. don't, if you aren't there by six thirty-five, <laughs> skip it. <laughs> just, just go, yeah. go to Jack Brown's and enjoy. There you go. Yeah, go to the pharmacy. Go something. Yeah. So, but but yeah. Anyway, just a huge, huge pitching matchup tonight. And exciting. again, again. Um, the jumbo scrimp will send um, Ryan Weathers to the mound in Saturday's matchup. So, and we'll have him tomorrow on the show. Super exciting. Two twenty. Two twenty. Two twenty-five. Right here. Yeah. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Braves on to Washington. Get seven of ten. Seven of the final ten mm-hmm. against the Nationals. Gotta feel good if you're Atlanta. Uh, two up on the Orioles. And three up on the Dodgers. And again, the Orioles only matter if they make it <laughs> to the World Series. <laughs> so you feel pretty good about home field if you're the Braves, as Washington has certainly been the cure to many ills this season. With or without the Braves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Acuna, Albies, Riley. Okay. Got a lineup already. Let's go. Olsen, Ozuna, MH2 in the sixth spot. Six. Okay. Darno, Rosario, Arcia. Okay. I can handle that. Max Freed on the bump. Freed to the bump? Definitely after, take that. Um, after kind of dodging a blister scare that pushed him back, um, the Natinals will counter with – Six foot six, two hundred and twenty-seven pound right-hander from parts unknown. And <laughs> Jake Irvin, well, <laughs> close, Bloomington, Minnesota. <laughs> no one's ever heard of that. Played at Oklahoma, um, three and six with a four-three-four ERA and a one-three-seven WHIP, ninety-eight strikeouts and one hundred eighteen in the third innings. Okay, well, hope those are both his regular out. season numbers. And career. And his career numbers. <laughs> yeah. So. There you um, go. Look so at, yeah. I'm looking forward to this series, man. We've got four games against the Nationals. Uh, well, I'm, gonna t- I'm just going to tell you, I'm not necessarily looking forward to this series because tonight's and tomorrow night's games are both 6.05 starts. Sunday's game is a 12.35 start. But Saturday's game is right dead in the middle of college football. Well, that's not. 12.05. Why are we playing a day game on Saturday? Bothersome. Yeah, that's it's not ideal. I don't know no. what they're doing in 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 Washington D.C. on Saturday night, but especially considering I'm umpiring three games. Oh, that's no Saturday. good. It's no good at all. No, 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 it's not. But weather permitting on the umpiring. Well, they'll that's, be done. They'll be done before I have to start my work. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't too. I ain't too upset about it. Um. There you, as long as you get to watch. That's there you matters. go. That's all that matters. Now, I, I won't get to watch anyway. I will get to listen, though. 
Shohei Otani underwent surgery on Tuesday, and and apparently you say that it was not Tommy John surgery. I'm looking it at was an elbow article. surgery. I'm, yeah, but not Tommy John. Mm -hmm. Repair to UCL, but not Tommy John. I'm looking at an article on the Athletic. Headline, Angel star Shohei Otani undergoes elbow surgery. Who's star? Angels who, star. Who? Well, he, he don't play for the Angels no more. He ain't got nothing in his locker. He is still under contract <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. to Baseball the Lots. Free, free agent Shohei Otani. Baseball star yeah. Shohei Otani. <laughs> he, he, he's like, Angels never heard of her. I don't know them. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, that's great. Okay, so placed on the 10-day IL on September 16th with an oblique injury. Team said he would not play again this season. 29-year-old missed 11 games with the injury before. <laughs> I think he said he wasn't going to play before yeah. this season. Yeah, they reported it. He said it. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with y'all. Um, when he cleared out his locker, I think that was pretty well him saying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they cleared his locker up. I'm pretty sure he cleared his locker up. Um, screw, you, screw you guys, what's going on? 29-year-old yeah. uh, missed 11 games with the injury before going on the IL and also had a UCL tear in his pitching elbow, it was revealed last month. Um, again. Okay. Here's my question. We, we, won't, we don't have a whole lot of time. We can, we can revisit this if we need to, because mm -hmm. I want to talk about it. If you are a team who wants to sign Shohei Otani, you know he can't pitch next year. He can pitch in two years when he's 31 years old. You know that he's a great DH based off of what we've seen from you know, Japanese players, Ichiro, et cetera. They can, they can play into their, you know, Late, late 30s, 30s early, early 40s, 40s, especially at the DH spot. What does this do, if anything, to a free agent contract? Well, again, and we, we discussed this briefly off air. Um, Jeff Rancourt, color analyst for the Atlanta Braves television broadcast, mentioned that someone may sign him and put a number of escalators in his contract for, Makes sense. you know, if he pitches inning, so many innings, innings pitched yeah. and appearances and that kind of thing. Okay. So, um, that may be the way to go for him to maximize his potential given the injury. Because um, according to the surgeon that did the surgery, you know, the ultimate plan after deliberation with Shohei was to repair the issue at hand and to reinforce the healthy ligament in place while adding viable tissue for the longevity of the elbow. I expect full recovery and he'll be ready to hit without any restrictions come opening day of 2024 okay. and do both hit and pitch come 2025. So he should be able to hit now. I don't know what this means as we were debating regarding his ability to play the outfield, particularly right field. I don't think I mean, he's if he can't play. pitch, then I don't think he's got to play the field at all. So you're going to give that kind of money to a DH? I mean, American League teams gave 
Albert Pujols, basically a DH. Uh, no, the, the Angels gave Albert Pujols. Well, uh, but and, I mean, and that contract got pretty well ripped from the moment yeah. it was signed, too. But, but I mean, again, you're going to give, you're going to, you're going to put escalators in there. You're going to put, you know, if you pitch this many innings or whatever, then you, you know, you, your money goes up. I, th- I think that's the, that's the best way to do it. And, uh, you know, somebody's going to pay it because yeah, right. he's, he's the American league MVP. And it's not close. You mean this year? Yes. Is he the American League MVP if he misses, what, a quarter of a season? I don't think. Mid-August? Mid-August to September. I mean, he missed, what, 30 games? 304 with 44 home <laughs> runs, 10 and 5 with a 314 ERA. And, you know, maybe. I don't know. Who See, else is I, it? I, I, it's I, not him. Well, That's the thing. And, and you know, I've gotten to the point that I am that fan that I used to hate. I'm not really a baseball fan. I'm a Braves fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could not tell you, if not Otani, who in the American League. Just Google AL MVP. <laughs> Does anybody else come up? Uh, one guy says Mariners Julio Rodriguez and J.P. Crawford will get votes. Uh, it's Tim Kirchner. That's not one guy. <laughs> well, I understand, but it's one. Uh, just it, they're going to get votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angel Shohei Otani has set the bar in the AL MVP chase. Why Shohei Otani will win the AL MVP despite missing the season? <laughs> He's out for the year. There are are out of the race, but MVP is out of the question. I mean, it's, it's literally. Well, I'm looking at a. Um, the only one I see is from Clutch Points that says why Corey Seager could upset Shohei Otani in the MVP race. That's the only one. And yeah, it's Clutch Points, whatever I, that is. An, another another article from the Athletic by Jim Bowden, former Reds. GM has Otani, Seeger, and, and Kyle Tucker. Otani has a 10.0 war, which I'm not an analytics guy, but I guess considering Corey Seeger's war is 6.6 and Kyle Tucker's is 4.5, and that's pretty self-explanatory, even for me. <laughs> one, one is better than the other. Well, one is... Thirty percent or more, decisively better. better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty, pretty much going away. So, well, so anyway, I think uh, it, it's, it's going to be. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this this free agent race because I think it, it, it. I don't think the Braves are in it, but boy, I would I would love to see Shohei Otani in a Braves uniform. Ooh. And it would. Well, I mean, he says he wants to go somewhere he can win. And it would certainly um, dampen the how upset I'm going to be if Max Freed walks. So I'm not going to be upset if Max Freed walks for the fact that I know Max Freed is from the West Coast mm-hmm. and feel like he wants to go back. I'll be shocked if he's not a Dodger next year. Not next year. You're right. after. We got him one more year. That's why we can afford to pay Otani to, to DH next year. Unless we trade him and get something for him. There may be that. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We have already well passed Sorry, Terry. our Terry McCormick segment. So stick around. Titans update right after this.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Time for your daily Titans update from Terry McCormick and TitanInsider.com. Sports, Terry, tell us about it. All right. It is time for your daily Titans report, sponsored by Zen Sports, changing the bonus game for the better. The injury report just came out, guys, and I'm going to read this to you as we go here. Uh, several guys on the did not practice list, including Peter Skoronsky, who we knew, Anthony Kendall, and Luke Gifford. More interesting, though, the guys who were added to the injury report today, DeAndre Hopkins with an ankle, Kiaris Jackson with an ankle, which we saw him tweak during the open portion of practice today. Also, Derrick Henry did not go after being limited yesterday with a toe injury. So starting to wonder how serious some of these injuries might be for the Titans as they head to Cleveland on Sunday. All right. A lot of injuries. Hopefully we'll get some more information tomorrow. Tell us about Zen Sports. All righty. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, changing the bonus game for the better, revolutionizing the way you can earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with the code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports Referral. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. have a dragon here. I saw it. What, what, no, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. up. <gasps> Do you hear that? We're almost there. Whoa! Whoa. I told you so. That is a dragon. There is nothing better than drinking an ice-cold beverage while taking in a Nashville Sounds baseball game. Hi, I'm Stephanie Miller with Mornings on Main Street. The Nashville Sounds and Main Street Media Television have teamed up to promote Sunday Family Fun Day here at First Horizon Park each Sunday home game. Just go to your favorite Main Street Media website and click on Sounds Main Street Media Day banner to register to win free tickets. And then we'll see you here at the ballpark. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today. The three-year anniversary edition of 
Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Thanks again for joining us here. You are watching us live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. We are excited to be joined by Justin Adams of CBS Sports. And Justin, what's going on, man? Fellas, what's going on? How y'all doing today? Doing well, Justin. See, you're out and about in the Denver area, and um, appreciate you taking some time with us. Um, prime hysteria has not calmed down, has it? No, it hasn't. Um, let us be honest. You guys were probably up watching that game at two fifteen um, in the morning, right? I mean, it I, was I'll just, be honest. I, I yeah. didn't make it out of the third quarter, but you didn't. No, but you recorded man. it though. It was a long day. It was a long day. <laughs> You know, it's just it's just so interesting to see how many people, eight million people at two fifteen Eastern time in the country were watching that game. That's just it's the prime effect. But you know what? It has a lot to do with not just Deion Sanders, but also with Colorado State, too, because everybody thought that game was going to be a blowout. And CSU showed up and they really should have won that game, to be honest with you. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it, the number one market was obviously Denver, but number two, Birmingham, number three, right. Knoxville, number four, right. New Orleans. We love our football down here, brother. Well, it was good football, right? I mean, the what? first quarter was what pretty sloppy, uh, but it was chippy. Uh, and you just had a feeling that, okay, something was going to happen. I mean, for Shador Sanders to get the ball to the two-yard line and drive 98 yards, no timeouts, two minutes to go, and to be able to go and get not only the – the touchdown, but the game tie two point conversion was extremely impressive. Something that I've never seen uh, truly at Folsom Field, and I played for the Buffs, and so to be able to see that and witness that in person was truly a joy. And and you know, Justin, Deion Sanders has become, if he wasn't already, such a polarizing figure mm -hmm. that you got people on both sides of this situation and folks saying. Well, they won't beat Colorado. They won't beat, you know, USC. But people are going to watch regardless. And, and right. I it guess if you're Colorado, that's all that matters, right? right. Well, there's, there's a Lauryn Hill song um, and a lyric that says, they'll hail you to nail you no matter who they are. And what they meant by they'll hail you as in they'll raise you up in order to stab you at the back. And that's kind of what it feels like right now where – there's so many people who are just interested to see, okay, will this guy who is or this black coach, let's call it what it is, extra confident, right, uh, promotional genius, uh, when is he going to lose? Well, it has to be against Oregon, right? They're a top 10 team. Uh, this is the week where they lose, right? And so people are just waiting for that shoe to drop, and then somehow it's supposed to actually discredit who he is as a coach for some reason. Guys, may I remind you, the Colorado Buffaloes last year were a 1-11 team. Several times people left at halftime. For the first time at the University of Colorado are all the games, the home games, they're sold out. Like they're all of them. They're sold out right now. I have people ask me out of the woodwork for USC tickets. So for all this talk about, well, he's a failure and we'll just wait for him to lose, I mean, to be honest, you can miss me with that because the reality is, is that the team that you see right now, the team that's constructed right now will be the worst football team that Deion Sanders will have with the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, Justin, when you say that for the first time all their games are sold out, you know, Colorado mm -hmm. 
was a co-national champion in 1990 with Bill, McCart Bill McCartney and I don't remember if it was Darren Hagen or Sal Onisi, but yeah, you South, know. yeah, Bill McCartney, Darren Hagen, um, and they were co-national champions with um, Georgia Tech. Right. So when you say first time ever, does this thing? I mean, ever to me includes 1990. Is that accurate? Well, in the words of Outcast, uh, ever, ever, forever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's first time. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, and not just the fact that they've sold out, but they're selling out at two hundred and eighty bucks. They're not selling yeah. out at twenty bucks. They weren't two eighty in nineteen ninety. No, they 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 were seventy three dollars a ticket last year. Their average ticket is two eighty one right now. And they're selling out. <laughs> and they're selling. Out. Guys, how about this? Broncos tickets at kickoff for their game against the Washington Commanders. You could have got a ticket for like sixty bucks. Could have got in. Maybe some. You could have got forty. So go and see that game against Colorado State. You better have at least one hundred and fifteen. Actually, on the secondary market, there was the cheapest ticket I saw was one hundred and seventy-seven dollars. So it just tells you it's it's a phenomenon. There's so many different stars that come on the sidelines. There's just so many people who are who are hungry just for football in Boulder. And now they have the opportunity to be able to see it with a pretty good team right now uh, who's 3-0. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens with the next couple of games and just the regular season. But as of right now, they are the story of not just college football, but the story of football, period. And you mentioned that because, obviously, <laughs> Colorado has has not seen a team like they're going to see on Saturday, and they've probably not been in an environment like they're going to be in at Austin Stadium on Saturday. Yeah. Obviously, Oregon is a very good football team led by a veteran quarterback, a guy that I think has you know, solidified himself in the Heisman race. I think we'll see two Heisman-caliber quarterbacks facing one another on Saturday. What is, you know, how does Colorado feel about this game? Well, I mean, they're always confident, right? Because the game against TCU, they were also a 21-point underdog, and they were able to go and win that game. But here's the difference between the first game and also the fourth game, is that the teams have film on you. And so this is a huge test. And really, this is a big test for Oregon, too, because who has Oregon played? Portland State? Hawaii? God bless you. Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech gave them their toughest battle on the road in Lubbock, Texas. So... This is a really big challenge for them. They want to go and prove themselves in the same way for Colorado, too. They want to be able to prove themselves, but they will have to play this game without Travis Hunter, which is going to be uh, very difficult for them, especially defensively. But offensively, the biggest thing for the Buffs in this game is, can you run the football? Can you go and take off the pressure off of Shadour Sanders? Because it's very easy to say, hey, he's going to throw the ball 47 times like he did last week. But you've got to be able to run the ball more than just 60 some odd yards that you did last week, especially when there are only six guys in the box. And people are actually they're saying, hey, we're challenging you to be able to run. So that's what they have to do. I think they could be able to kind of turn it a little bit. Alta McCaskill, he's going to come in. Uh, he's a guy recovering from an ACL tear a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a transfer from Houston. Really nice looking running back. We'll see what happens with him being in the game. Justin Adams of CBS Sports Colorado joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Justin, broadening the horizon just a little bit, I mean, this Colorado-Oregon game is a um, headliner for the PAC conference. Um, but there's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's another big game that 
you know, Chris and I have referred to as the PAC conference championship as Oregon State and Washington State square off. Mm. And, I mean, they are kind of the last team standing game, baby. In, in, that, in that conference. Um, a lot of eyes will be on that one, I would think. Uh, a lot of eyes should be on that game. See, everybody will take a look at Colorado and Oregon. If you're looking at who's going to be in the Pac-12 championship game, because they're still the Pac-12 right now. Next year, they'll be the, the Pac-Deuce, right? Only two. Uh, but I will say this. I saw Washington State up close. I, I had a chance to talk to their coach. I see what their defensive line could be able to do. I saw how they have a two-way quarterback. I really like Washington State right now. Uh, coach Dickert, he's a guy who's – just really just young, energetic uh, for Washington State. And he has this mentality, has these guys believing in this Cougs versus everyone mentality, especially how everyone pretty much did leave the Pac-12. I see the winner of this game, guys, and, and I don't have any problem predicting this. I think the winner of this game has the best outside shot of making it to the Pac-12 championship game, especially Washington State. When you look at their, their schedule, they have to take on just, I believe they play USC. Uh but their biggest game is going to be against Washington. And so if they could be able to go and defeat Washington at they the end of the year for the Apple Cup, yeah, for the Apple Cup, if they could no, be able to go and beat them, but they hey, don't, man, anything they can don't happen. They play USC. They don't. Oh, no, no, they don't. They don't play USCs. So that, that's so, another reason, right? That's huge, yeah. Yeah, that's really big. It, it's like being a team that, you know, and I know Alabama isn't Alabama this year, but it's like a team that doesn't have to play Alabama in the SEC. I mean, right. you just you just shoe you're shooing your way uh, to an opportunity to be into the championship game. So I think if Washington State can be able to win this game against a very very good Oregon State team, there'll be a team that's on the outside uh, that has a, a really great chance to be able to be in the Pac-12 championship game. It's going to be this is going to be one of the best games of, of the week, and, yeah. and like you said, everybody should be watching. It's a top twenty-five matchup, man. I mean, this is. On top of all the other storylines, it's two good football teams. It's right. not like it's two bottom feeders and we're, you know, we're watching out of pity. We're watching because nope. we want to see good football, and there's going to be good football. Guys, let me give you one name to keep an eye on for Washington State. Their quarterback, Cameron Ward. Uh, he was a transfer from a Cardiff Ward. He is mm -hmm. an awesome, awesome player. His biggest thing is, can he be able to take care of the football? Let's not forget, Washington State has already upset uh, Wisconsin, with their ranked opponent, they came to Pullman and lost that game. Okay, Washington State's a really good football team, guys. I'm just telling you that now. Keep an eye on them. Uh, Justin, as you know, as we continue early in this season, not just Washington State, Oregon State, but the the Pac-12 as a whole looks like it's going to be the best conference overall in in college football. And that is a stark contrast from what we've seen in the last couple of years. Is the Pac-12 going to suffer from cannibalization? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's where you have – guys, that's where you have what the Big Ten used to have. All these guys used to say, well, look at what we did, right? I mean, even though like last year in the Big Ten, Ohio State lost, and they were still able to find themselves in the college football playoff, right, because they had – all these guys who are back in it, who are saying, well, Ohio State, look how good they looked before this game, right? The Pac-12 needs the same thing this year, right? Because you have, like, USC, for example, right? You have the Heisman Trophy winner there, okay? You have 
with Caleb Williams, obviously. Washington is a very, very good team with Michael Penix Jr. You're looking at Oregon with Bo Nix and what they bring to uh, the table as well. Cameron Ward, I just talked about him with Washington State. Uh, DJ, DJ, uh, you, I will say him that name, you know. I try to say ukulele, but sometimes I mess that thing up. So let me just say <laughs> DJ, you, to keep that thing going, okay? Oregon State looks like another great team too, right? And so um, I would say Colorado, the only thing about my bus is that they don't have the beef. We all know that games are won and lost, especially in conference play in the trenches. They have the speed. They don't have the beef, and that will come back and bite them. So you're talking about five teams that legitimately can be in a college football playoff that comes from the Pac-12 alone. So they're going to have a couple of losses. But what the Pac-12 has to do is they have to be able to say, look, we have the best quarterbacks. We have the best conference and because of that we're not afraid to say look we deserve to have a one or two lost team to be in the college football playoff especially the year where the sec is down so hopefully they could be able to get one because there's some really good teams there i will not be surprised if there are four quarterbacks from the pac-12 in new york for the Heisman yeah. ceremony seriously yeah. shadur sanders yeah. Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. Give me a better quarterback in the country outside of those four. That's, solid. That's unreal. That's solid. I mean, well, guys, the kid at Florida State, that Jordan Travis, mm -hmm. he's really good, but crap, I don't know that he's better than any of those four. So Don't forget about Drake May either. And, but, and Drake, but yeah. It's wild. But, but your point is made, yeah. It is it is wild. And so what we're seeing out of the Pac-12 swan song has been phenomenal. Uh, before we get you out of here, if you have any quick thoughts on the potential promotion relegation con conversations with the Mountain West, considering Colorado State's involved in that, uh, yeah. and, and, of course, the two-pack, you got any, any, any thoughts on that? Well, I love me some two-pack every so often, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I would love to see the Colorado states of the world, Wyoming's, right? Wyoming gave Texas all they could handle in the fourth quarter at a 10-10 game. I would love to see those places be able to be promoted. Boise State, we know what they bring historically. Air Force, a team that no one really looks at until you look around and say, wait, how are they beating a ranked opponent, right? Mm -hmm. I would love to see those places to be able to be in the lights and to have an opportunity to be able to be in the college football playoff, especially as it expands next year. So if it goes to 24 teams and, you know, the Pac-2 and the Mountain West are able to go and get together with some AAC teams, I would love to see all that happen just to give these kids a chance to be able to live out their dreams and play other lights. Because, again, the one thing that we saw last week with the Colorado-Colorado State game is everyone walked away with two things. Number one, I know people talked about that hit on, uh, on uh, Travis Hunter. I get that, right? We could all talk about that all day. But the second thing, and I think it's the biggest thing, is that even in the Mountain West, they know how to play some football, and there's a lot of really good football players in that conference. I would love to see them be able to have more money, better facilities, and to be able to go and play under the lights. Well, unfortunately, this week, Colorado State's going to get drilled and have to take home the L <laughs> from Middle Tennessee. So it just is what it is. You can tell them we said so. That's right. <laughs> Justin Adams. Joining us here on Main Street Sports. So, Justin, thanks so much for taking time. We appreciate you every time we get to talk to you. Always great knowledge, and we look forward to it again soon. Fellas, call me whatever you need, be guys. Be blessed. Thank you, Justin. We're going to take a break. When we come back, high school football pick them. Ten of the biggest games from across the Middle Tennessee area right after this on Main Street Sports. So presented by Mid-Tennessee. Bone and join. <laughs> Thank you.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton on this Preps Thursday edition. Before we get into picks, Mo, a mm-hmm. couple of things. One, some breaking news out of the National Football League. Trayvon Diggs has torn his ACL. You do it in practice? Yes. Oh, God. That's uh, bad. And, and, you know, highly unfortunate, especially for my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> Hello. That that did not help. <laughs> did not help the Super Bowl pick at all. Uh, you know, I, I just mentioned how polarizing Deion Sanders is. You know, the Dallas Cowboys probably occupy that position as well. A lot of people love to hate Dallas, uh, but Dallas was off to a two and zero start and looking pretty dominant in the process. This does not help. No, no, that's it's it's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Not last night, but I guess it was the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. For the first time in WNBA history, a player who did not attend the University of Tennessee has reached 1,000 playoff points and 500 rebounds <laughs> as Auburn's 
Dewana Bonner joined Tamika Catchings and uh, Candace Parker <laughs> in that club. So congrats to the Fairfield, Alabama native and Auburn player, but or a former Auburn Tiger. But yeah, how cool is that? I saw Dewana play at Auburn, um, played for Joe Champion down there. And to watch her at the collegiate level, man, she was such a rail. And she would just stick thin, but she could play. She could play at yeah. six foot four. Yeah. And and could move and, and obviously has had a fantastic professional career mm -hmm. as well. And about the only thing I like about the Connecticut Sun. So <laughs> just wanted to give her her props. Absolutely. Uh, because she certainly deserves it again. SEC basketball, baby. <laughs> SEC. All right. Let's pick some high school football games. Last week, Mo, we were both four and six. And what a tough, tough week it was. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it think it's going to be as difficult this week. But mm, famous last words. Yeah, exactly. It, as, it, as long as Kirkwood isn't on here again, though, I feel a lot better. Yeah, we go. We, Clearly, we got bamboo. Everybody else knew, and we did not. We did not. We did not. I, I mean, we did not know. Hmm. I really thought that this, what this tells me is that Clarksville region. Hmm. Oof. Outside of Clarksville High. Clarksville mm -hmm. High is legit. They're the oh, real yeah. deal. Oh, yeah. But, man. <laughs> anyway. That is, that is rough. We'll start. Big, big Wilson County matchup. Mm -hmm. Mount Juliet goes over to 840 to take on Wilson Central. And this is always a big matchup, but... Trey Perry's got his boys playing right. He really does from and and has from the start when they um, defeated Payne Ridge, you know, to open the season. And I don't know if Mount Juliet broke Payne Ridge or not, but Payne Ridge has not won this year. Mount Juliet has not lost this year, and I don't think they're going to lose Friday night either. Um, Wilson Central's lost their last couple of outings after a 3-0 and start, but I like I like the Golden Bears here. Yeah, you know, I picked Wilson Central. I was the only person to pick Wilson Central against Green Hill, and they darn near pulled that one out, but uh, but did fall. And then Shelbyville, who you know, we mentioned on the show that you can hear, you can watch later at 6.15. You'll see the Murray County uh, football uh, preview show tonight on your Main Street Media outlets everywhere. Um, Shelbyville is just really good mm -hmm. and, 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 and took it to Wilson Central last week. I don't, I mean, I, I'm not putting any stock in that, but I do think that, that Mount Julius just putting up points in bunches and I expect them to continue to do so this week. I've got the Golden Bears. Yeah. Ravenwood at Independence. We talked with Scott Stidham earlier and you know, this Independence hasn't won since 2011. I don't think they're going to win this Friday either, but I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's, actually, you know what? I do think they're going to win. I yeah, you do. You I do, do think, think they're, they're going to win. win. <laughs> I think Independence gets the win. 
I don't know what I was thinking. What as I was saying it, I was like, everyone picked Trayvon. I thought I picked any, but I guess I didn't. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to mix my signals. But yes, I do think Independence gets the win. I think it's super close. And about as close as it gets. Yeah, it can't <laughs> can't get any closer than one point. I think Ravenwood has a little bit more diversity offensively, and I think the that's going to be the continues. difference in this one. And yeah. The, the streak continues. I've got the Raptors here. Beach coming off that loss to Independence is at Hendersonville. Hendersonville has has been an interesting case this year. Um, <laughs> I mean, four and one on the year, but their one loss, they just got shellacked by Brentwood. And, and I, I, I know Brentwood is <laughs> – Yeah. But, I mean, I would have expected – from what we've seen, I thought that game would have been at least, you know, 20 points at the most. Not And, again, you know, once things start going downhill, you start doing things that, it, that Hendersonville is not used to doing, like once, throwing the football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I get it. But right. when things start going downhill for a wing T team, yeah, it, it, they can spiral very really quick. Because you can't. If the other team can stop you from running and you're not used to throwing it very often, it's it, it, it could get out of hand in a hurry. Uh, and, and, and and again, I don't think you can overstate, you know, it's Brentwood. Exactly. Now, Beach, again, two and three on the year, but there are three losses to Collierville, Riverdale, Riverdale and, Independence. and Independence. Yeah. But their two wins. Have not been super. I mean, the Portland is what one out one a two. No, no, no. They're not one a. They're they're like four a. I think. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Either Who's way, much. Oh wow, they're five a now. Just kidding. Oh, they must be one of the smallest five a schools. Portland's very small typically, mm-hmm. but but Port, uh, Station Camp one and four on the year. Portland one and four on the mm-hmm. year. Hard for me to pick Hendersonville. But I did it anyway. wasn't hard for me to pick Hendersonville because, again, um, one, they're at home, which I think in this rivalry means something. And, two, I think Hendersonville is pretty good. I and think Hendersonville is good, too. I agree. So, and, and if they can get up on you and they pop a couple plays and they can otherwise manage the clock. Oh, yeah. If they're up on you, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so, obviously, turnovers were big last week for Independence against Beach. Beach needs to limit those, but I've got the commandos. Oh. Gallatin at Green Hill. The Green Wave at Green Hill. Yeah. A lot of green. Right. A lot of green. A lot of green. And green will win. Yeah. For sure. I think it will be the home green. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, this is a Green Hill team that, again, beat Wilson Central uh, a couple weeks ago, got that win over over Summit. Green Hill just seems like it just feels like they're a team that that's going to win a lot of close games, and if it and if it is close at any point, the Hawks are going to come out on top. You know, again, 
it feels like they give up a few points, but offensively they've got enough weapons that they are a threat from pretty well anywhere on the field, it feels like. Um, having watched that Summit game in particular, they have the ability to make some big plays. Um, one at Lebanon the yeah, last a, time out. That, that's um, a big win. Uh, yeah. I mean, seriously, be, beating Lebanon at Lebanon at Lebanon on Friday night TV, a lot of eyeballs. Everybody's kind of watching you, and, and they went and got a win. So, and they they, they get Gallatin at home this week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go with the Hawks as well. Mm -hmm. East Nashville, Franklin Road Academy. This game is interesting. Yeah, this may have been the toughest game for me to pick on this slate, actually. And, you know, the Eagles went through a coaching change over the offseason. Jamal Stewart is now at Centennial. Um, defensive coordinator Chris Simpson is now at Maplewood. Damian Harris is at the top of that program now, but – the, I think the standard has been set over there. They've gone to the Class 3A state championship game each of the last two years, and and I don't know that these guys are going to settle for anything less than that. And, and I think they're going to get pushed by Franklin Road Academy at Franklin Road Academy, but I think East Nashville comes out of this one with the win. As you go through these two team schedules, and, and, and I'm – Please understand that I'm just stating facts. I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, mm -hmm. but they they don't really either team, neither of these teams has a good win. I think Liberty Creek is probably the best win of the bunch. I think Franklin Road Academy's 47-21 win at Franklin in week two against a 6A program is maybe but an 0 and 5 6 a program is what i'm saying I, I just straight up based off the the results that the that their opponents good pasture has been a pretty good team in the past don't think they're as good this year as they have been well i think that 69 to 7 kind of indicates that uh, i mean yeah. you saw web school are not fantastic i mean kenwood northwest you look at you know Hope Prep is certainly not the team that they have been over the last couple of years. Well, no. Kenwood, Overton, now they were all on the road. Goodness gracious, East Nashville has played four straight road games and they have three more to go. I wonder. That's got to be turf related. I would think it has to be turf related. Um, yeah. I can't remember when we talked to Mark North a couple of weeks ago where he said their situation was. I think White's Creek is supposed to play their first game. On their turf this weekend. Anyway, so. I, I'm just I'm just looking at the the straight. I tell results. you what, East Nashville's 2024 schedule is going. They're going to cash in, no doubt. Seven home games. Yeah. Yes, please. But anyway, I I went FRA, but again, I, mm -hmm. like you said, it's really hard to tell. I think I think they're two really good teams that have played. You know. Schedules that they could manage very easily because they're two really good teams. So mm -hmm. I just don't know. Yep. 
I'd agree. I, I think we'll find out a lot about we both will, of them tomorrow. We night. will find out a ton about one of these two teams, if not both of yeah. them, uh, tomorrow night. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got five more games to pick, including the Main Street Preps game of the week. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back into this third anniversary edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us, and we are continuing to pick high school football matchups from around the Mid-State. Got plenty of great ones to pick, including several here in the, the Murray County area, uh, South Williamson, Murray, and, and, and Lawrence Counties. We, we pick all of the games on the Main Street Murray football preview show, which airs every Thursday at 6.15 ahead of the Thursday night uh, football game of the week, which we will not have tonight because no one's playing. Oh, so it's not ahead of the Thursday night well, it, game tonight. Typically it is, but yes, not tonight. There, there will not be a game of the week. But uh, you can always watch it again on our social media channels, you can find us at, at MS underscore sports today on Twitter. You can find us at Main Street Sports today on Facebook. Uh, of course, you can download our Main Street Media TV app on your iPhone, Android, Roku, Apple Fire Stick, or Apple TV device. All of those are options. And of course, MainStreetMediaTV.com is a great option as well. Let's continue picking some games like Pope Prep at Davidson Academy. Just mentioned that Pope Prep, not quite as good as they have been over the last couple of years. Well, probably. I don't think you can lose what they've lost over the last couple of years. Now, they do still have the running back Elijah Robb, but, you know, they've lost a lot of talent over the last couple of years. and Including Kenny Minchie, which is a lot of talent in, a, in and of himself. In and of himself, <laughs> yes. Um, so, and... Jonathan Quinn has kind of built that Davidson Academy program little by little to the point that it's probably one of the top programs in Division two, 2A. And I'm going with De Bears in this one. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously Pope Prep started the season slow, losing to East Nashville, Father Ryan, and then CPA before bouncing back with a couple wins over Webb School and Good Pasture. But Davidson Academy is a different breed than Webb School and Good Pasture. I think the Bears are, are the winners in this one. And, uh, you know, Davidson Academy has looked really good on the way to a 5-0 start. Mm -hmm. I think that this team has, you know, they dominated Class A for so long. And, you know, once they moved up to Double to A, it, you know, it took them a year or two to kind of get acclimated, but now they've kind of found their footing and, and, and Davidson Academy is back where they believe they ought to be, and that is fighting for state championships. Dixon County at Clarksville, and are we going to get duped again, Mo? That is the question. Well, again, being the operative furry, so it wouldn't be the first time if we do get duped. Um, you know, you mentioned it earlier, well, I guess in the last segment as we were talking about Clarksville area teams, I feel like the Wildcats are the class of Montgomery County right now. And with that being the case, uh, I'm inclined to go with said Wildcats in this ball game. Uh, I just think that they, um, uh, I, I've liked the job that Isaac Shelby has done up there for quite some time. You know, regardless of talent, they always seem to be 
at an even level of competitiveness. And well, ain't nobody been even with them this year. They've no. been destroying teams. And and I'm not I certainly don't think they're going to destroy Dixon County. I saw Dixon County play, and I think I think Columbia Central is a very good football team. Columbia Central went over there, got a 27-21 win. I, I'm not holding that against Dixon County. I think that, you know, both of their losses have been to really good football teams, both, you know, Gallatin and Columbia Central. So that being said, I don't think they can hold their own uh, going up to Clarksville, taking on the Wildcats. This, 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 this Clarksville team is on a mission because two years ago they were undefeated going into the playoffs. And I think they made the second round and they felt like they, you know, had a better football team than that last year you know, was one of those years where they were coming, you know, they, they had they had lost a lot of talent. Nobody really believed in them. They lose to Springfield to start the season and, and you know, 34-0, and everybody kind of wrote them off. They they just went and won, you know, what, eight of their next nine ball games before falling to Cane Ridge in the second round of the playoffs again. So this is, you know, this is a team that, that kind of has a chip on its shoulder. And it's showing. And they're showing it. <laughs> because their closest game in this 5-0 and start is a 41-14 win over Kenwood at Kenwood. Yeah. 41-14, that's 27 points. They that's their playing. closest game. Yeah, they're, sh- they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, and Dixon County's running into a buzzsaw this week. Yeah. So I'm going to go Wildcats here. Um, Centennial and Nolensville, speaking of – really good football games and teams playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think Centennial has been playing with a chip on its shoulder all season long. And then going back down to 5A has certainly helped the Cougars out. You add in Jamal Stewart, you add in the the talent that they've got on the outside. And it is, it it has been a recipe for success. I have had, I have had two people independent of each other who have seen a lot of Williamson County football over the last 10 years, tell me that the, that Centennial is the best football team in Williamson County. They didn't say other than Brentwood. So. Well, look, I watched them play against Independence. Obviously, Independence took them to overtime. and I think that speaks more to Independence than it does well, Centennial. And I think that that's important to note because of uh, that's why I think, you know, Independence, Ravenwood, Brentwood, I think are kind of even keel right now. And then you've got Centennial right there in the mix. I, I don't know that I would go that far, but I absolutely think Centennial has an opportunity to be one of the best teams each and every week in Williamson County, and I think they get the win this week. And over oh, running back Tanner Lee, who has been out with a high ankle sprain, oh, he's back. is expected oh, to be back. So. Add in Tanner Lee to this offense, and things get really interesting. Yeah. Because they've been playing one of their receivers at running back. Dominic Reed. Dominic Reed. They've been playing Reed at running back, and he's typically a guy who plays slot and, and outside. Now he gets back to his natural position, opening up some coverage from because uh, what's the other kid, the, the speedster? Johnson. Uh, I, I can't. T- whatever his name is. I, I wish I could call it off the top of my head, but I can't. Mm-hmm. But he's been kind of getting double covered because there's nobody else on the outside. You throw in Reed, Reed mm-hmm. and then Lee in the backfield. This offense just got incredibly dynamic. Watch out. I got the Cougars in this one. CCCHS in this one. 
We almost picked the same score, but it's not it's not nighttime. K N I G H T. It is it is not in fact nighttime. Yeah. All right, single at Blackman. Friday at seven. Stars, Blaze, two of the coolest nicknames in Middle Tennessee. <laughs> You know, Siegel's kind of been on my radar from the opening week when their quarterback put up like 510 offensive yards. And unfortunately, I cannot remember his name, but, um, you know, You said Siegel? Yeah. I yeah, name. I can't remember his name. When they but they won that game fifty five forty three over Lebanon. Um over Shovel, excuse me. And they have Which is has turned out to be a very good win. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> their only loss to this point was their last time out when they lost to Hendersonville, twenty eight twenty one. But you know, they're four and one right now. And I think this is a really good ball club and I think Blackman is is still struggling a little bit with their new coach, and I, I like Siegel here. Yeah, I, I like the Stars. I think I think Siegel's just a little bit better football team, to be honest with you. I, I, they, they've they've proven to be a really good football team throughout the year already. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm, I mean. Obviously, you can look at the records and, and say what you want. Four and one, one and four. I don't think that has anything to do with it strictly. I think that Siegel's beaten some good teams. Obviously, Blackman's lost to some good teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brentwood, Ravenwood, Oakland, kind of hard to be mad about losing to those three teams. <laughs> so, yep. so it is what it is. Tough, tough start for Matt Kreisky. Tough over, schedule. Over there. No, no question, tough schedule. But I still think Siegel is the better football team. Mm -hmm. All right, and finally, the Main Street Preps game of the week. East Robertson at home against Smith County. This is a My TV 30 Friday night rivals matchup. So I tell you. Extra commercials. Long breaks. Yeah, Ooh. if you're covering this one, uh, Mr. Wilson, I assume mm. he will be. I'm sorry. That's, that's unfortunate for it you. Is. It really is. Smith County comes in four and one uh, with wins over Gordonsville, DeKalb County, Liberty Creek, and Trousdale County. Their only loss in overtime six to three defeat Goodness. against Macon County. Yeah, it, talk about a a tough matchup. Macon County, uh, Smith County, and then you know you've got Upperman up there, who is Macon County's only loss. It, it, they're playing really good football over there, and East Robertson's going to have its hands full on Friday night. East Robertson's going to have its hands full, but East Robertson can light up a scoreboard. Um, they have scored 40-plus in four of their five games. Now, those were against, again, Liberty Creek, Houston County, Sycamore, and Joe Burns. So make of that what you will, if anything. But uh, I think the point is East Robertson's got some – dynamic ability on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that ultimately makes a difference here. A couple of big plays. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident, Mo, saying that this is for the region championship. 
I feel like both of these teams are going to run the, the table in the, re, the, the remainder of the season in, in region play. And so I think at East Robertson, give me the home team, 28-27. Super close, but I'm going to go with the home team. I think you just made a bulletin. But no, never mind. Smith County has already beaten Charlesdale County, but you may have just made a bulletin board for East Robertson, Charlesdale County, which is – is it next week? No, it's uh, the 6th. Okay. All right. But, uh, but yeah, I, regardless, I, I think I think East Robertson certainly takes care of business here. All right, there you go. That's going to do it for high school football pick em this week. You can see the entire Main Street Prep staff-wide picks on MainStreetPreps.com. Make sure to go check those out and print them out if you are Smith County, since everybody picked East Robertson to win. <laughs> if and that's, that, that, that would be in the coverage area of our friends at the UCR, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. folks at the UCR, Rusty and, and Noah McKay and all those folks, uh, you know, just keep it quiet if you don't mind. <laughs> we, we've been bulletin board material plenty enough this year, and, and it's certainly gone the opposite direction a couple times. So, Father Ryan, Mount Pleasant, yeah. and now Smith County. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying mm. <laughs> bullets and board, baby. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, come back with us tomorrow. We've got a fantastic show. Adam English of the Nashville sounds is going to join us to, to close out our, uh, our coverage of Nashville sounds baseball this year. They are five and a half back of Durham who cannot lose. Apparently five and a half back with, Four, with four games to go. So yeah, they're out of the playoffs, but they do have a chance to win the international league West. They are two games up in the Western Conference or the Western Division. So a division title, we'll, we'll put a banner up for that. I mean, why not? It's a division title. Sure. And so, uh, you know, should be a great end of the season because at 225, we'll also be joined by Ryan Weathers, former Loretto star, current Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp pitcher. And we'll, of course, pick college football games against the spread. So make sure to join us tomorrow right here on Main Street. Media TV, MainStreetMediaTV.com. Again, all those places that I told you that you, get, that you can get us and, of course, wherever podcasts are sold. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Come back to the Lee Company Studio. This has been our third anniversary edition of Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll see you guys tomorrow.